I'm tired of this shit, and I want the season to end already. Hey, boys and girls. Well, I think we all feel like the woman in that photo. Oh, welcome into the Pucknologist, everybody. A after dark takeover yet again. And I think you'll all be happy to learn that this is the last one of these for a little while. I know Jerk and I are happy about that. Yay? Uh, yeah, at least this week was an early game. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we miss we miss our seven o'clock starts. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free Sharks podcast here on Teal Town USA. We got three for you. Vegas, Nashville, and Anaheim. The return of Alex Stalock, a tight Pacific division, and more, including a giveaway of a Sharky jersey. That should be fun. But first, you know the deal. Social media, people. Remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us there. It helps us out, and if you want to support the show at all, hit us up on Venmo, throw something in the jar, at USA, or you can always use the Super Chat option during live shows. So with that, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a shitty goddamn week is what it is. Uh, no wins. You get, what, the worst loss is since, like, 2006? Mm-hmm. I mean, oofa. And you Dude, keep, you, they got a point against a divisional opponent. That's practically a win. If you're Curtis Brown, yes. <laughs> that's what I'll say. So uh, let, let's get into the game that we just saw since this is kind of an after dark thing. So look, the Sharks lost in the shootout 4-3 just under two weeks ago in Anaheim. And what happens? Well, it goes to overtime again. And again, the Sharks lose. Uh, Dezingle's a healthy scratch. So... I guess for some reason, yeah, Bob. There was something that he's just not seeing. I uh, evidently after what two games, three games, whatever it was. Well, you know, Bob. Bob needed a new target. Uh, oh, for the jam, you know, for the jam job. Yeah, you know, LeBanc is hurt. Um, you know, he he's who isn't uh, hurt, right? But you know, the LeBanc is hurt, and uh, Dolan is hurt, and Merkley. He's been forced to keep Merkley in the lineup, so Bob needed a new target, and hey, it's Dezingle, apparently. Which, <laughs> not to say that Dezingle has been lighting it up by any stretch. I mean, he's only got one goal in six games, but if 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 you're in the business of generating offense, wouldn't you want guys out there who score more more equipped to do that? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. So a player called Hatika... Goes in for Shimmick, who has a upper body injury. Sachenko gets his first NHL start. I thought he looked good. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I now like recency bias. <laughs> 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 if you all remember what happened to Stalock last night, Sachenko looked fucking amazing. <laughs> Nine seventeen save percentage for Sachenko tonight, dude. He looked good, and he he made the right saves. You know, oh huge, definitely came up big, and this you know this is another game for me and I, you know we i'm sure we bang the drum so many times or at least i do uh special teams could have been huge tonight but you went 0 for 3 on the power play 
Jesus. Well, and and it, it's it, it's it's there's so many little things that have all contributed. I mean, 0 for three on the power play, as you mentioned as well. Thirty eight percent on the faceoffs. Like you're not scoring if you don't have the puck on your stick. Uh huh. And when was the last time the Sharks uh got more pucks on net than the opposing team? Like they keep getting outshot game after game after game. And I was wondering if they're going to set a record at one point for like amount of periods put together consecutively where they don't hit double digits on the shot clock counter. Which it's kind of surprising to me because I feel like historically the Sharks are a team that put up a lot of shots. They yeah, they used to be. Right. That was I guess that was the uh that was the, the Todd McClellan way of doing business, I guess, but <laughs> well, you know. Look, what happens here? Sharks open the scoring. Couture gets on the board. Uh, they get a little penalty trouble in the first. Comtois would tie it after missing a trip on Couture. I still don't understand how that didn't get called. Whatever. Uh, noted sniper and perennial uh, Richard uh, contestant, Mark Edward Vlasic, would get a 2-1 lead. Uh, a shot that goes in off Shattenkirk. <clears throat> Milano ties it in the final minute of the second. You got Middleton so close to getting a shorty, which would have been amazing. Unfortunately, that is deemed offside after review, so we go on to overtime. And, and How long did overtime take? About 10 seconds, 15 seconds? Uh, 14. <laughs> there you go. See? Yeah. I knew it wasn't much. Uh, however, we, I guess, had some... Uh, what do you call it? Confusion or commotion? Uh, there, there was some the, people had some things to say at the end of this, and most of it was coming from Bob Bugner. Uh, he says an absolute blown call. The refs couldn't get off the ice fast enough. That's B- you know, Bugner on the overtime winner, and no explanation from the refs. I got to be honest. I don't. How was it a blown call? Yeah, I mean. People, people are going to point out that, and you can look, go look at the GIF, slow motion GIF on the Teal Town USA Twitter account. People are going to point out that uh, Henrique was still on the ice, but he was completely out of the play. Yeah, he was going off. It's, it's. They took advantage of the fact that Couture was focused on Henrique, didn't pay attention that he was going Which, off. As he, as I worth saying, as Couture should have been. Yeah, and you know, for me, it's Couture like, had his guy. Yeah, and Raquel took advantage of Couture sleeping. Like, I don't, I mean, if I'm missing something, by all means, tell me. But I look at that and I'm like, that's just, for what I understand, that's just a really fucking smart play by Anaheim. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I had no problem with that. Like I said, just Henrique is completely out of the play. You need to, you, that's the thing with three on three, right? Is it's so quick. You know, it happens so fast and you need to, you need to keep your head on a swivel. And, and you know, like if it's, I guarantee you, dude, if it's not overtime, nobody is saying anything about a line change. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I'm. this is me like 50% joking around, 50% manifesting. I'm wondering if the reason why Bob Bugner is so pissed is because he knows that this is what's going to get him fired tomorrow morning. Uh, see, I, I look at this and I go, why the hell? And I've we're going to get into Bugner in a little bit. I just... I I get what you're saying. We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> so evidently Bugner's really pissed off. We got Pichelka tweeting out, 
the Boogner on the officials, Kelly Sutherland, and Furman South. The thing that pisses me off the most is they don't even come over to the bench. They race off the ice, not even the respect to come and explain it. You know Bob is getting a fine for that tomorrow, right? So? so? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, we've ta- how, how much have we talked about how soft the NHL is when it comes to, like, the feelings of the officials, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, 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 coaches have been <laughs> fined for saying, I wasn't a fan of that penalty. Dude, everything is fuck your feelings unless it's the NHL. <laughs> not even not even unless it's the NHL, unless it's NHL referees and yeah. linesmen. <laughs> like, yeah, Bob, if Bob doesn't get a fine tomorrow, I'd be surprised. Personally, I think Bob should be, you know, I've, dude, we, how many, you know, we've talked about it, especially last year and to start this year, you know, we have been, you know, pump the brakes on the fire Bugner talk. Let's give mm-hmm. him a fair chance to do it right. And with this season, he's gotten a fair chance. I would argue he had, you know, they've had fans in the building. They didn't have to play anywhere else. They had a normal training camp, normal preseason, the whole thing. He's had, he's had to deal with the, uh, I don't know that I would say disproportionate, but surely a staggering amount of injuries. Yeah. But you know who else deals with injuries? Everybody. Vegas is dealing with injuries and they're in a playoff spot. True that. And, what I mean to say by all of <laughs> Although that. Although Vegas is, was trying pretty hard this week to get out of that, but anyway. <laughs> right. But, you know, what I mean to say by all of that is, you know, we said let's pump the brakes on calling out Bob until he gets a fair chance at this thing. Mm-hmm. He's gotten a fair chance, and on some level I think I think things have gotten worse. So you, – you're, But you're I, – I think we can agree that, like, the room – is better like they seem to be playing a little harder oh, a little sure. bit more for each other but the thing that you have an issue with is deployment yeah absolutely i just you're not you know the whatever you believe right the uh or the organizational stance is that this is a this is a team that can make the playoffs and play good hockey and then you make lineup decisions that directly combat that stance Hmm. Not only that, not only that, but even people, there are other people who say, Bob, if, you know, why fire Bob? If the Sharks are rebuilding, we need a bad coach to ensure more losses. And on some, (laughs) and on some level, I agree with that. But when, if, if the Sharks were to be a rebuilding team or a whatever terminology you want to use, you need to play your young players. And Bob has shown that he doesn't want to do that. Didn't we see that from previous coaches as well? Yeah, DeBoer was really into that. Yeah, it just it seems to be a institutional thing. I wish you know what the maybe it's you know maybe it's a bit revisionist history. I would man, I kind of wish that you know Todd McClellan didn't get the shaft the way he did. I I I've grown to like him even more since he's been gone. I would agree with that. Although I did get tired of him talking about polish. You know, the game lacked <laughs> right. polish. Our play lacked polish. I did. I got. Yeah, I got a little burnout on that. Uh, let's see. Tomas Hurdle saying tough goal, but in, but in our opinion, are you still there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, that was super weird. Uh, something collusion. Just, no, no, no. Something weird just happened in my audio. I, I hope we're still live. If you could let me know in the chat, I'd appreciate it. Um, and I've already lost the comment. Here we go. 
Tough goal, but in our opinion, we should have gotten a power play. Really sucks losing like that. Uh, I uh, whatever. Uh, I thought I gave the team a chance to win," said Sachenko. "Absolutely. I mean, do, what'd you say? Nine seventeen? Yep. See, uh, uh, to me, that seems pretty decent. Uh, yeah, that's not bad numbers for a loss. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly more than you got last night. Oh God, yeah, last night. I mean, last last night was an outlier, no doubt. But you know, a seven eighty six for Staylock and a seven fifty for Sachenko. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> Again, I'm not really sure. I haven't, uh, well, to be fair, I'm like trying to do 20 things at once. So I don't know that I've seen, or if you're paying attention to the chat, if somebody has kind of yeah, we're good. explained what the, yeah, but I mean, explained what the issue is like, why the Sharks were all tilted saying, we should have got a power play, you know, like too many, they, too they many men on the too, ice. Yeah, that's what they, they think is too many men on the ice. and But you were, you know, just like you were saying, like Henrik was out of the play. Yeah, and and Shang even putting out there as well that, you know, Bugner said the Raquel goal was a blown call. Too many quote too many men on the ice all day long. <laughs> Especially, oh, uh, the thing pisses me off. They don't come over to the bench. Yeah, so he's saying it's a, well, that that right there, bo um, Bobby coming out and saying blown call. Yeah, I think the 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 bank account tomorrow probably a little lighter. Yeah, twenty five grand for they, sure. They've certainly done. Uh, they've certainly find things for that are even more benign than that comment. But <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It is what it is. Didn't you he, know get, I, didn't he I, get a fine or somebody from the Sharks got a fine for something even lighter than that? Like last season, maybe the season. I remember there being something, or maybe it wasn't even the Sharks. It was. I just remember somebody getting a fine, and I was just like, really. Like, you're going to find that? Like, that's the softest thing I've ever heard. Like, you're talking about warriors, guys that take pucks to the teeth, that, you know, will lose chiclets and miss one shift, how badass they are, and they got and, and the constant chirping, but then you say one slightly critical thing. Like, I think the officiating could have been better this evening. Boom! 25K. Yep. Fuck out of here. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah. All right. So it's a three-two overtime loss. So the Sharks get a point. Like I said, uh, special teams could have made a difference. <laughs> I do want to. There is one thing I do want to say. Um, so can we please put an end to the uh, to the Logan Couture is is uh, is past his best buy date? Can we put an end to that? Uh. Uh, was that something I started? <laughs> I no, not you. Oh, I'm just okay. sort of putting it out there. I, you keep like, and when I say you, I don't mean you. Yeah. I mean generally speaking, you, the, those you, people. You keep seeing all these people. Like you keep seeing Couture getting lumped in with the the Vlasic and the Carlson in terms of the anchor contract, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you keep just saying Couture. He's clearly, you know, people are saying, oh, Couture is not. You know, he's not the player he was anymore. He's not a good captain. He's not getting it done. And I would like to just point out, first of all, and we've said it for the longest time, he spent half of last year injured, still had a good year. Hmm. But this year, third on the team in goals, third on the team in points, and third on the team in points despite playing in less games than, you know, one of the players ahead of him. Hey, you know who has more points than any other shark right now? Hmm. Joe Pavelski. Don't care. 
Um, <laughs> you know, Couture is like, and and if you want to say Couture needs to be traded, like that's fine. I'll I'll hear you on that one. That's mm-hmm. fine. But to to lump Couture in with Vlasic, like it makes me wonder if you're watching the game. Okay, let's let's hit a couple of comments here because obviously everybody's talking about what happened. Why? I don't even care about that. <laughs> when a player is retiring from the ice surface is within the five-foot limit of the player's bench, his substitute is on the ice, and the retiring player shall be considered off the ice. Well, there you go. That's what it looked like to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what it looked like. Steve says, it is absolutely too many men. Like, what is the uncertainty here? Two feet on the ice, four-player on, affected Couture's decision. Like, what are we talking about here? I don't know. What do you think about that, Jerk? Why? Why was? You know, I I I th- I like what Tiger is pointing out because you can you can tell what Tiger says has come from some kind of rule book. Mm-hmm. The my thing with Couture is, in that situation, why aren't you going after the guy that has the puck? Mm-hmm. Like the puck was on that side of the ice. I know. I really wanted to flame Burns for that goal, but it wasn't on Burns. Mm. Uh, let's see here, Sachenko. Throughout my journey, I knew I could play in the NHL, developing your game, fine-tuning your game, and earning the trust to get a start, trust the process, and go brick by brick. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Could we try? Could we talk more cliche, please? No, <laughs> I, li- no I, like, I like that. Um, I like that uh, response. All right. Uh, Sachenko, it's, it's a long road to get here. That's what makes it special. It was a cool moment for sure. Well, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah anyway i don't know i just think especially with this game against the ducks kind of going back to what i was saying i'm i just hate i hate seeing like i said i hate seeing couture getting lumped in with like vlasic you know what i mean and like <laughs> well at least one of them scored tonight <laughs> they both did that's what i'm saying and and, and i just i don't know i like People for years, people have been wanting to make Couture the problem, and like I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that he's well, not be, it, dude. It's because Bodker isn't here anymore. We gotta find somebody. Throw, somebody's <laughs> wearing that target, bro. I just don't understand. Like, like, <laughs> you know, Couture. It's so hilarious to me. Couture is on pace to match his career average. Like, what more can you ask from him? Like, he's literally doing what we need him to do. I don't really know what the issue is. <laughs> what, dude, like as consistent as Martin Jones save percentage over the last four years. <laughs> Consistency, my man, you were getting it from Couture and it's, I don't know what you're complaining about. Anyway, uh, let's see. We got one final quote. I believe I saw from Sachenko. thought I gave the team a chance to win. The team played really well around me. Uh, I guess Sachenko wasn't looking at Burns very much tonight. Uh, so I guess that kind of puts the bow on this one, uh, again, scratches for whatever reason tonight, Dezingle and Weatherby, not sure what that was about. It was just the jam job. He needed somebody to, like I said, he needed somebody to, uh, you know, to pick on. (laughs) So again, Shimmick out with a upper body injury. Remember Hill is still out. He's IR. Reimer's now on the IR. LeBanc and Carlson still on the IR. Half the Dolan. goddamn teams on the fucking IR. Yeah, uh, Carlson, LeBanc, Reimer, Hill, Ferraro, Kanijov, Magna, Dolan, all on the injured reserve. Oh, for fuck's sakes. I mean, with any luck between now, because we don't, uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say we, the Sharks don't play until like Thursday, right? They got a few days off. 
Yes. I'm assuming tomorrow's going to be an off day because they're, you know. <laughs> Probably should be. <laughs> yeah, traveling tonight, and they've played, what, three and four or whatever. So tomorrow will be an off day. There'll be some practice, but I'm sure we'll find out. It wouldn't surprise me to see uh, somebody return, <laughs> whether it's Carlson, Dolan, and Carlson, whoever, whoever. Well, I think they I, – I, if Whoever doesn't if, get injured between now and Thursday. I believe Carlson is supposed to be back by Thursday, either Thursday or Saturday. Well, there was speculation that he might even be able to go this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you would hope, you would think that he'll – if he's not ready to go by this Thursday at L.A., I would pencil it in that he's going to be ready for next Saturday. Yeah, so. sure. All right, that kind of does it for – the Anaheim. Let's let's just uh, do do the show like normal now, eh? Mm-hmm. And we we will get to your Bob comments soon enough, I guarantee you. But first, uh, three games this week. The Sharks went o two and one through fifty six games this season. The Sharks are twenty four, twenty five, and seven. Did I get that right? That sounds right. It's, uh, they are twenty four, twenty five, and seven. That uh, I thought that's what I said. Yeah. Okay. Uh, seventh in the pack div, seventh in the wild card. Uh, and so for those of you at home, that's 55 points in 56 games. That is worse than hockey or uh, hockey 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, six, and two over their last 11 games. Four, yeah, four, six, and three. <laughs> ten division. I know, three fucking wins in 11 games. Uh, my predictions were terrible this week. I only mm-hmm. got the Vegas loss. I, I was... I had it penciled down for a Nashville win and a win for Anaheim. Um, I, yeah, if, if that if Middleton's not offside, maybe we got a shot <laughs> going two for three. You know what's as you said. You know what you just said. What's terrible um, is you talk about terrible. I'm looking right now because of how bad the Eastern Conference is. The Sharks' first round pick is currently slated at 11th overall. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Uh, so on my predictions, though, through 56 games, you'll remember last season went 56 games. So we do have a little bit of wish a... We could, uh, wish we could end it right here. Yeah, dude. You're telling me. So I had them at 54 points with 27 wins, and they are at 55 points with 24 wins. So... Again, I'm pretty dude, you're, close. You're you're in the you you may not be bang on, but dude, you're in the neighborhood. Oh, dude, I'm in the house next door. Yeah, dude. So, what do we learn this week? I don't know. Uh, Vegas, uh, you get a breakaway. You get everybody gets a breakaway in this one, guys. Does that sound good? Uh, Nashville worst loss since '06 when they lost eight nothing to Jerks. My heels. Is that a thing? I dude, I haven't even paid attention to them. That's this how year. long it's been since they lost. They used to be your yotes. You know, so <laughs> uh now it's my flames, my kings. <laughs> F- finish your spiel so we can talk about this Vegas game because I have a couple things to say. Uh Vegas is a three one loss, thirteenth straight start for Reimer, second meeting of the season. Vegas comes into this with one win in their previous six games, despite getting Jack Eichel. Uh, their previous win coming against San Jose was a, oh, a 4-1 win over San Jose. Mm-hmm. They won tonight, though. Uh, yes, Vegas. Well, and I believe, didn't they beat Anaheim like two days ago too, as well? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so they're put they're starting to put it together, but earlier in this week they had fallen out of the playoff. Hey. 
Yeah, it was it was looking critical earlier. <laughs> do, well, they can't score, right? Uh, do, Which do, is surprising to me with how good their uh, with how good their roster is. Yeah, Le- Vegas has had a hell of a time putting up goals lately, especially at even strength. So I'm yowza. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Vegas game that's that sucked ass is uh, this is the one uh, where Reimer got hurt in the first. After the first 20 minutes, right? And then Saw Correct. came in? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because then the next day, holy shit, somebody fetch me Alex Stalock. <laughs> right. Yikes. Uh, no power plays in this one for the Sharks. Uh, and, again, it's just all breakaway central. And, and I thought Reimer looked great in, before he got injured, obviously. But uh, a bad pinch from Middleton would lead to uh, Kolasar taking advantage of Burns and his stupid starfish posture. Uh, but Reimer ends up with a lower body injury. Sawchenko finishes out the, the final 40. But the big news of the day, of course, was that Noah Gregor had scored a goal. And Noah Gregor scored a goal because of the jerk bump. You're neglecting to mention that part. Oh, my man's at the game. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, I, not only was I at the game, but I even said in our Discord server, like a tiger was there, he knows. I and Shaka, Shaka knows. See, we got we. I got receipts in the chat for me. You know, I, I know people, the best people. Yeah, I said the bump is real. Gregor's gonna score, and he did. So, yeah. um, but you know what? So, honestly, I didn't think this game started out all that bad. Like I thought, the Sharks looked like they had some jump in the beginning of the first period, but from there, it seemed like there was just no urgency all the way through and the sharks weren't really getting a lot of chances. And when they did get chances, like they just didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I've, you know, I, I, I've now been, I've now been to uh, a golden Knights game to see the sharks four times. And consistently what I've seen in these four games and uh, you know, I'm, I think you and I are the same where like, we don't dislike other other teams' fans because they're fans of the other team, right? We don't play that game. Um, but something that I was not really surprised to see had remained the same was, you know, when things start to go even the slightest bit uh, off script for the Golden Knights, their fans get, like, really agitated. Oh, dude, they are so entitled. Like, I, I, I wouldn't even say entitled. I don't want to say that, but just... Like the, when they were up two to one, like the Sharks would get a cycle going, and like the people behind me were like so pressed as if the, the Golden Knights were losing. And I'm like, <laughs> like I'm thinking to myself, like everything, like it's everything's fine for you. Everything's fine. Like just watch the game. Like I don't know why you're so upset. Because they're entitled. It's that they're so used to being successful. When the wheels come off, and let's be honest, for every franchise, it happens. Uh, how, how successful for how long were the Detroit Red Wings? Mm-hmm. And, and where are they at now? They they still suck, and they've sucked mm-hmm. for quite some time. Imagine this fan base when that happens to the Golden Knights, because it happens to everybody. Yeah, it's happening to the Sharks right now. Exactly. Yeah. I would say Sharks fans are more entitled than Vegas fans. Oh, boy, I don't know about that. Yeah, how many Golden Knights games have you been to? Oh! Oh! Uh, I've been to a few, just none in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, and you know what? And and I know the um, oh the uh, 
I guess what 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 am I trying to say? The the easy the crutch, right? The easy the easy cop out is to say, oh well, you know, Vegas fans are this, Vegas fans are that. You know, I I'm gonna say it again. I've said it every time I've gone to one of their games. Their fans are some of the nicest people ever. I see. I think that can be. That's just luck of the draw where you sit. I've I've sat next to some real pieces of work. And oh sure, every it, fan base has pieces of work, no doubt about that. But I feel like, honestly, I feel all the teams that I've opposing fans that I've talked to have all. It seems like, for the most part, for other teams, it seems like the pieces of work are the outlier, mm-hmm. and it seems like, and it seems like for the Sharks, the pieces of work are the feature. Oh, hmm. Oh, well, maybe. I don't know. Something that we should get into like, later. I, it's not a coincidence. Like, dude, two games. The Sharks played three games this week. Two of them had a fight in the crowd. What? Well, what was the other one? Sharks. Uh, Sharks in Vegas, and then Sharks against Nashville. Oh, that's right. There was a thing in a dust up in Vegas. What? Wasn't uh, didn't like the mascot have to break it up for some shit? Dude, it, yeah, and and it was it was funny because I. Uh, you know, you could hear that section in the crowd, like starting to get rowdy. And I said to the person next to me, like, what, what's the deal over there? Like nothing's happening. Right. Like, and then, you know, I saw, you know, Shang threw up a clip and I'm like, Oh, that's what was going on. (laughs) Did you not see the social media garbage from Vegas fans after game seven? Oh yeah. No, there's a lot of Vegas fans, dude saying like, you know, I hope, fucking Pavelski feels that for the rest of his life you know like they were so triggered over the call not the fact that their team allowed four goals in five minutes no see and I'll tell you what I completely misdirected I didn't see you see I don't so I don't subject myself to I don't subject myself to that kind of negativity like I don't know People like if if any and not to say that anyone in this chat is like triggered by those social media posts, but like if you are like <laughs> get off social media. Yeah, <laughs> like, if you, I've said it a thousand times before, like if you're if you're trying to be offended, it's not going to take you long to find something that will offend you. Yeah. So uh, I did see something that I wanted to throw up here. Um... No masks at the game in Vegas. I thought that was an interesting experience. Oh no shit. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, I remember what this was. <laughs> uh, oh, Anthony's saying uh, there was a brawl in Anaheim tonight, also, but it's in the parking lot. But th- there didn't seem like there's enough fans at the Anaheim game tonight for there to be a brawl. Yeah, that's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, let's get back to the Vegas. We get we always get so sidetracked. Uh. So look, <clears throat> Vlasic gets burned. Smith makes it two one. Then Smith makes it. 3-1, both of those off March or so. You can't really fault Sazi on that one. Bottom line, the Sharks were outshot 31-17. to It's another game where the Sharks fail to get quality shots on goal. So, it is what it is. Then after that, because have when was the last time San Jose beat Vegas? Uh, the last time they beat Vegas was in November. Like, who, who was president at that point? It, it was uh, it was November twenty first, twenty nineteen, and the reason why I know the reason why I oh, know that because you gave it the be- jerk bump, right? You were there. No, the re- I was at the game in Vegas. Of course, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I got the poster. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, done that, got the poster. Uh-huh. So Sharks versus Nashville, 
I mentioned it earlier, 8 nothing loss, worst loss in history since 06. And Nashville came into this with just two wins in their previous eight, including losing to fucking Seattle. I thought it was interesting. Uh, so, and I, I've, I've had this conversation with many before, a couple in this chat where it's like, super offensively talented players will go to Nashville and immediately suck because whatever it is about Nashville, the offense goes to die in Nashville. Well, they, and so when I saw the final score was eight to zero, it, it kind of messed with my hypothesis a little bit. <laughs> well, in Nashville, I don't know, maybe if they were got hot early, like maybe a little, cause I remember earlier there was a stretch where Nashville was one of the best teams. There was like two yeah. or three weeks where they were just killing it. I don't know. Maybe they uh, flamed out too quick, but <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, they're you know they're Nashville is you know they're right on the cusp of a playoff spot. They're only one point out. <laughs> uh, puck guy throwing up uh, overtime Ooh. November twenty nineteen. Logan had back to back OT. Winners. Actually, Nashville Nashville is in a playoff spot right now. They're in the eighth seed. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. They 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 banked enough points. I think when they were doing well, so that but they've kind of been running a little hot and cold uh four four six and oh in their last 10 yeah uh the the penalty kill for the sharks three of four so nashville broke their streak i it's i mean there wasn't any way (laughs) any way that it felt like nashville didn't score and this is one where you sit there and go oh the sharks went over three on the power play yeah they need they would have needed about 20 power plays for them to get back into this one uh, I mean, a fight in the stands showed more physicality than the Sharks. But uh, that was a pretty intense brawl. I don't know if you saw some of the footage of that, dude. There were there were like ten heads involved in that fight. Like I thought I was watching the Royal Rumble. I'll be totally honest with you. Yeah, there was. A, there was, <laughs> dude. You're not wrong, dude. I swear to God, I thought I saw like one or two guys like literally tap in. Yeah, it was the <laughs> it was the most peculiar thing. Like it was. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like dude, and there, like, I didn't see a whole lot of blue coats willing to play the hero. Well, it's like, and so I'm watching it, and it's like, okay, they're like, you know, just kind of hanging back, going, you know, just relax. Stupid eventually tires itself out. Well, like I'm just, I'm, I'm watching, right? And it's like, you know, okay, there's kind of two guys fighting in the middle, and other, and other people, you know, other people are trying to like, you know, it seemed to me like other people were trying to get the crowd to disperse, right? And then you have somebody who's way on the fringes of this mass of humanity, like come over the top with a right. And I'm like, <laughs> who is this? <laughs> dude, dude. I was waiting for somebody to take the footage and overdub like wrestling commentary, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, off the top rope or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was the most peculiar thing ever. Dude, that was, man, that was weird. And what's funny is I almost went to the goddamn game on Saturday. <laughs> man, If I didn't have to pick up my wife from the airport, I'm telling you. So it's the most embarrassing loss of the season, you know, just, and the, and the thing that really is, has to be a kick in the balls. Like the juxtaposition of this is so ridiculous. It happens. You, you play the most embarrassing game of your season yet earlier, both Couture and Bugner told the press they're close. Like they, you know, if they could just put a little run together, they'd be in the play. They, you know, could be looking at the playoffs and I'm just going, fuck out of here with that noise. And then you they're, go out they're there. They're close and, to being close. Yeah. And then you go out there and stink up the entire place. Oh, I just. Yeah, now, Nashville probably saw that quote and they're like, all right, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and you look, too. You look like, look at the stats. Matt Luff, three points. 
Phil Tomasino, three points. Michael McCarron, four points. Like, these are not <laughs> their big-name players. The, the, yeah, these are not the guys that the Predators are known for. Dude, Philip Forsberg had an assist in an 8-0 win. Like, it was a depth <laughs> game for them. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. My man, 21 pucks, throwing in the, the Super Chat donation. Thank you so much. A black guy isn't worth $18 an hour. You know what? Solid point mm-hmm. so for them blue coats. Totally feel you on that. And again, like I said, I was... <laughs> chill out and tired will wear itself out. So I was, you know, in watching that footage, um, you know, one of the ushers who was in there trying to, trying to, you know, disperse the crowd and get everything back to normal, his mask had slipped down for a little bit. What, what I, Knowing what I know, I'm expecting this particular usher to get a conversation from their supervisor like, hey, we noticed your mask slid down a little bit. <laughs> Even though he's trying to break up like a pretty intense rumble in the crowd. <laughs> Hold on, what, what's what's going on here from Kyle? He says, "What happened to the other Sharks podcast? What you mean, Eric in, in After Dark? We took it over, dude. Don't you read descriptions? <laughs> the hijacking. We, <laughs> we hijacked this shit, man. <laughs> oh wait, he says I meant Fin Factor. Do you guys collab with them? Uh, no, we have our thing. They have their thing. It's and and they're both beautiful things." That's why yeah. we're here. There you go. Um, but yes, we haven't collabed with them. We we uh, you know who we have uh, fun collabing with from time to time the our buddies over at Let's Go Blues Radio. They uh, they don't take it too seriously. They drink good beer and they're always up to chill. So anyway, uh, this one again, Shang. Uh, the, this here. Okay, here's the thing that I think is so funny. So Shang puts out. Bugner and Couture ro- were roasted online, the captain in particular, for offering, quote, we're a run away from being close to a playoff spot. But what were they supposed to say with their backs against the wall? What are they supposed to say? Like, not that. It's fucking insulting. You, that's the time where you whip out a cliche. We yeah. just need to take we just need to take it game by game. Mm-hmm. We've had good stretches all year. We want to get back to that. Yeah, to sit there and say we're a run away from being close to the playoff spot. I was just kind of like, was he misquoted? Like, are they looking for like a runaway to put on the team? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm just kind of like, maybe that was uh, whatever. Uh, this one we track this, and so we will continue to do so as we always do. 13,936 tickets sold for this one. Uh, You're welcome because, again, Saturday game and giveaway. That seems to to be a key about having those higher numbers. It's a Saturday and there's a giveaway. I feel like the Sharks should maybe take advantage of that fact if they want to kind of goose the numbers a little bit. Stuff in the ballot box. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, we had Kyle coming back about Finn Factor. They're nice guys. Did we say that they're not? <laughs> see, I like oranges. What's wrong with apples? Uh, I didn't mention apples. <laughs> so what did we learn this week? We learned that Hill and Reimer will be out for a bit, and the franchise doesn't believe in their young goalies right now if you've traded to get Alex Stalock. Well, because it's like I said, you know, Bob hates young players. Mm-hmm. So we have all these uh, r- ridiculous names on the IR. We hope we, at the very least, see Carlson back because we know Ferraro's out for the season. Uh, I think I think I saw Dolan might be back on Saturday. 
All right. I'd be down with that. Uh, <laughs> Shaq is saying, the SAP Center will sell out when there's an AJ bobblehead. <laughs> sure. Uh, stock up, stock down. Look, it, it's a small fucking list. Noah Gregor, you finally scored. Good for you. Keep it up. Um. Okay, stock up. Logan Couture. He's been... Who? You know, he, he went through... He kept his head above water despite going through a pretty tough stretch. And now, you know, now he's finally... He seems to have come out on the other side of that. You know what I mean? He's got... A nice little run, you know, going on here. He's he's got um, two, three, four, five, six points in his last eight games. 20, Seven in the 20, last Twenty-one pucks. Don't make me ban you. Stop fucking trying to stir the pot, dude. None of that shit's <laughs> remotely true. You smartass. So, you know, all right. I would say stock up just because Couture's been on a pretty solid run lately. After, like I said, keeping his head above water during a pretty tough stretch. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, and we're getting some questions about Bugner here. Denver, I see you. We're going to get to that shortly with our takes on Bugner. Uh, stock down, my lawn. I got yeah, no, I got no one to mow it, man. Uh, no, stock down. Anyone that, from the Sharks that says we're a runaway from being close to a playoff spot. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. I would say stock down. I mentioned it last week, Hurdle, Hurdle and Meyer as a duo. So I'm not going to say that again. I think stock down would be um and I as much as I hate to say it, uh Barabanov because he you know, he had the goal, what was it, against the yeah, against the Islanders he had a goal, but you know, one goal in his last five games and he's played well, but you need offense from him. Uh, and I would say my last stock down uh Randy Hahn. Oh ho because Yikes. I just that you know coming from? we've kind of we've talked about it pretty you know the last maybe month or so where you know Hedick, Hed, Brett Hedekin we love Brett Hedekin but uh, you, uh, speak for yourself sir but he's had he's had a propensity to for carving young players specifically Ryan Merkley and the last couple games Randy Hahn has gotten in on that a little bit and I don't like it mm mm mm-hmm. all right uh, Curtis, Curtis, I don't, is, is Curtis Pashelka watching us for some reason? He just tweeted out Sharks record after 56 games last season, 49 points. This 55. Are we? Sh- I've been, we- I've been. Oh yeah, it was only 49 points. I've been, I've been saying it all year. You know, better team despite a worse roster. Yeah. And if you, I know some people are really into finding a positive. That's your positive. All right. Uh, stock down on Timo Meyer as of late? I mean, he was stocked down last week, so I think it's unfair to give it to him two weeks in a row. But Well, is it, is it also a case of stock down? Because like for the, he was killing it when he was with Hurdle, and then you know tonight they got him with Couture. And it's like, are they trying to spark one of their games? I don't know. I think so, because both of them have been... Both of them have been rough lately, you know, uh, and Randy actually mentioned on the broadcast, he's only got, Hurdle only has five points in his last 15 games. Man. Which is, for the type of player Hurdle is, that's not enough. Yes. I'll tell you on that. Uh, PJ48. Jerk, what do you think about people saying Barabanov isn't a top six forward? I don't think they've been watching the game at all this year. Mm-hmm. He He's not somebody who drives a line by himself but 
if you put him with a really good center and a really good winger, he has success. You know, he was playing well with Hurdle and Meyer, playing well. He's played well. He hasn't been there for a while, for very much. But, you know, there were a couple games where we saw Meyer, Couture, and Barbanov. He was good there as well. He's He needs good line mates. But the thing that I hang my hat on is that he can, he can hang there. You know what I mean? He's not out of place by being up there. He's... Exactly. For me, I kind of look at it. It's like he he he's not the steak, but he's definitely uh, the 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 fla- the spice, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, right. He, he's not going to be the best player on the line, but he's going to make that line better. Right. And I and I think and I've been saying it. I said it last week. You know, the the big four in terms of tracking tradable assets for the trade deadline: TSN, Sportsnet, Fourth Period, Daily Faceoff. None of them have. Barbanov on their trade list. Dude, I don't, don't know. even know the guy's name. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe they don't see him the way I see him and the way we see him, or maybe there just is no chatter about him. It's hard to say, but and I'm going to say it again. If if I'm a team with Stanley Cup aspirations, I'm looking at a top. I'm looking at a second line forward making a million bucks, dude. I'm <sighs> calling Joel. Joel. <laughs> Joel. I'm calling Joel every day. Man. Every day. All right, uh, let's move on here before we get to the uh, the giving away the Sharky jersey. Isn't that cute? A Sharky? Sharky maybe? jersey. Sharky. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> do what you need to. Wordplay. <laughs> so we're two weeks away from the trade deadline as of now. Uh, reports say contract discussions between Hurdle and the Sharks are positive. So uh, let's put a pin in that quote. Should Hurdle get moved? I mean, if you're Hurdle right now, like, what did we say? Like three wins in the last 11? Kid mm-hmm. kid wants to win. Can't be – he's not stupid. He, maybe he doesn't give the Sharks the opportunity to sign him. Maybe he's like, get me the fuck out of here. I'm looking at the roadmap, and I don't see any any street that ends with a Stanley Cup in my hands. So if Hurdle does get traded – would that or or could that be the first domino to fall? Like Burns and Carlson or whoever sees Hurdle get moved and they start looking at that roadmap and going, oh, fuck, I don't see the Sharks channel. Like, we don't have a number one center anymore. Like, you can say Couture, sure, but it's because Hurdle's gone because Hurdle's the number one center. Yeah. Do you think guys like Burns and Carlson or whoever that know that this kind of like they're on their – essentially their last deals – are mm-hmm. the, do they start going, hey, you know what? Get me the fuck out of here. I mean, I would give it a lot of thought, especially, like you said, you know, you, I know we've had this debate before, you know, what, like, is your happiness important to you? Is money important to you? Is winning important to you? You know, and I think at this point, these guys that you mentioned, they've made their money. They've lived in the city. Like, they should want, <clears throat> I, I would say they should want to win at this point. Like I like Kyle's comment in the chat. It's the Sharks should shut off for Carlson for Josh Norris and Stuchla. Oh wait. <laughs> like I and and I think and how dude, how many times have you said that this season alone that Burns plays his best hockey when Carlson's not in the lineup? Oh yeah. Oh wait a minute, I, hold on. Anthony asking what potential cup contender can fit Hurdle in the lineup? Uh New York? Rangers? 
Yeah, I mean Boston Bruins. Well, that's kind of like what we talked about last week, right? Where it's like all the you know any good team that would want Hurdle, like they you know they need to make sure they have room for him, you know. Mm -hmm. And and to your point, you know a Boston Bruins again, it's there's ways to manipulate the salary cap as we've seen (laughs) by Tampa Bay and Las Vegas, right? But you know like Boston, Minnesota, New York Rangers, like honestly, if you're asking me. Those three teams I mentioned, that's my those are my three hurdle watch targets, if you will. All right. Um let's we're gonna again, we're gonna get to the Jersey giveaway and we're gonna get to the Bob Bugner talk here in just a minute. <laughs> I see that that seems to be what is dominating the chat. Um quick couple of hits here. Uh, on Tuesday, San Jose dropped the COVID booster mandate for venues like SAP Center. Vax is still required. But max are, uh, masks, excuse me, are now recommended, quote unquote, mm-hmm. rather than mandatory, which means that a lot of people are just going to be like, "Hey, I'm boosted. Pfft, you know, I'm not even bringing a mask." Well, that's like I, I might be one of those people, to be honest. Like, well, if I'm next to somebody and they're like, you know, I hate to ask this, but I'd be more comfortable if you had a mask on or some shit. I'd be like, yeah, okay, no problem. I got one. You know, it's a, no sweat off my back. So, uh, the thing that's going to be, you know, it was kind of, there's no, no, uh, no requirements for the game in Vegas on two, this past Tuesday. So it's kind of a free for all, you know, I didn't wear a mask. I, you know, I've had, you know, a million COVID shots. Um, but the game, this game coming up, uh, Thursday against the LA Kings is going to be interesting. They, you know, it's basically who, who, you, who's LA Kings. <laughs> yours. Thank you. <laughs> There, you know, you basically, if you're going to an LA Kings game, you know, you basically have two choices. It's negative test plus mask or vaccine plus no mask. Mm. Those are your choices. And it doesn't take a genius to realize that that's for entry purposes only. As soon as you show your negative test, you get in the building, you take the mask off and you go on your merry way. They, there's no mask police there saying, hey, let me see your uh, let me see your vaccine card. Like it's strictly for entry purposes, so well, somebody somebody had brought up. Uh, I imagine you're going to see the same thing at the tank. Well, that that the the that they dropped the mandate. Somebody had made. Uh, oh, I wish I could remember what the hell it was, but something like, oh, so does that mean the blue coats are going to start stop pretending as if they're looking at your Vax card? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so okay. That's so true because Dude. I like, you know, I I've been to. Um, I've been to three Sharks games at the tank this year. And, you know, I'm I want to do things the right way. I have I stand in the right line. Mm-hmm. I got my mask. I have the clear app. I do the whole thing. Dude, I didn't even have for the clear app, I didn't even have the QR code that has my picture up yet. And they were like, Okay, cool, thank you. And I'm like, I didn't even show it to you. Yeah. <laughs> like Dude, I'm telling you. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. The Sharks traded future considerations to Edmonton for former Sharks goaltender Alex Stalock. There's only two reasons to do this. We know it. it's Reimer and Hill's injuries, perhaps worse than expected, or or the Sharks. I was thinking we're planning to trade Reimer, but with him being injured now, probably not going to happen. But the Sharks are not trading Reimer until next year. I don't know why people have it in their head. I know. Um, and then like, do somebody people think his contract ends this year. I'm legitimately sure. Kidding. Sure. I mean, there's some people that don't understand, uh, if, uh, LeBanc is still on IR. So of course <laughs> somebody did mention earlier, 
uh, that they say that the game against Florida will be a sellout because of uh, Jumbo. For those of you who don't know, who? Jumbo's on the IR right now, so Jumbo might not be there. And how much is that going to suck for the Sharks, you know? Oof. I think any, I think anybody who's a grown adult will get over it. They'll get over it, but they'll st- you know it'll still be a case of you know I don't know the extent of Jumbo's injury, but he at, le- at the very least has to make the trip so he can watch his tribute video. You know what I mean? Oh Cause, sure, because this might be the last run. Let's be honest. I mean, how many games has Chief played this season? Like half the schedule. He has played. Like 20-something? I don't even know why I'm looking this up for you. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's played He's played 24 out of 55. There you go. So less than half. I don't know that Jim, despite the fact that he's a season away from breaking Marlowe's games played record, I don't know that that's going to happen, to be honest. But anyway, let's go around the division, a little bit of NHL. Uh, as I mentioned previously, what if Vegas misses the playoffs? They did fall fourth. Uh, to fourth this week earlier in the division couple wins against Anaheim and Ottawa not exactly world beaters but those wins count (laughs) they are having trouble scoring but this division is insanely tight okay just a couple of days ago five points separated second and sixth place now to put some perspective on that the difference in points but in the Atlantic between second and sixth, 34. <laughs> in the Metro, 27. And in the Central, 13. So for there to only be five, to now, after everything that is shaken out, it's now eight points. But still, man, that's pretty close. Dude, uh, a stretch of like 10 days, all of a sudden, your Canucks could be knocking out my Kings. Yeah, and and, and you know what the thing is? You know the the Curtis Browns of the world will say we'll talk about how uh, we'll we'll talk about how competitive the division is. Mm-hmm. I say it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Uh, divisional games left as of now, I believe. Uh, Anaheim for me blew blew their wad. Yeah, okay, you beat San Jose tonight. Good for you. But Anaheim for me blew their wad. They only have six left against their division. And Dude, remember remember when I was saying in November that Anaheim was the, the outlier? Was the false positive for me? Mm-hmm. And look who was right. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, the, and they again, they only have six divisional games left, so not a lot of help in that regard. Nope. Calgary, 12 left. That's going to help them, obviously, try to keep that spot at the top of the Pacific Division. Edmonton with 10. They seem Edmonton since getting Kane. They they seem to they've kind of been a little up and down. I'm going to be real focused on what they do between now and the deadline. They still need a goalie. Exactly. So, kind of interested to see how Edmonton shakes everything out. L.A. has 14 divisional games left. Run it up. That's all I'm saying. San Jose has 13. Whoop de doo. <laughs> Seattle has nine. Woohoo! But Vancouver only has nine. So it could be a little tougher for them to do do the jerk dance in, in uh, up the ladder. And Vegas has nine as well. So between now and the deadline in two weeks, who do you think is going to be the biggest splash in the division, in the pack div, between now and the deadline? Both as a buyer, but who's going to make the biggest splash as a seller? I think as a buyer, so... Vegas made their move. It was Eichel. Eichel, of course. 
Calgary made their move. It was Toffoli. Mm-hmm. My money is <laughs> Thank on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my money is on. I'm looking at for biggest buyer, L.A. Kings. But I could see that. See, but I'm also kind of I'm giving Edmonton the horse eye. Well, Edmonton, like Edmonton, got Evander Kane. Right, that was their big move. That was their big move at forward. They but that, need, but that cost them next to nothing. It cost them money. That's it. Yeah. They, Edmonton, needs. I mean, they need a goalie. And I know people have said, <laughs> "What about Flurry? What about Reimer?" I still think Edmonton needs to go the route of getting an established guy, Georgiev, Corpusalo, one of these guys who's Whoa. younger, more, you know, more of a long-term option. You dig? And <laughs> so dig. I think it's a tie. It's a tie between LA and Edmonton for me. I think Edmonton, obviously in the goaltending department, that's kind of their, their big, you know, hole in the wall, if you will. Sure. Um, I would say for the LA Kings, probably help at defense. You know, Alex Edler has been hurt pretty much all year. Sean Walker has been hurt. I still think LA stands to acquire a defenseman. Their forwards are pretty good, but if I were them, I would want another defenseman. Even if he doesn't play just to have that body as an option. And, <laughs> you know, I'm wondering, I would have to look to see who's available, but I, I don't think it would be a depth option. I see the LA Kings making a, a swing for a bigger name on the blue line. Maybe the LA Kings, even though I don't necessarily agree with what Montreal wants, maybe the LA Kings go after somebody like Ben Sherratt. All right. Let's So I think it's LA LA and Edmonton for the buyers. Okay, for and the, hold on. Before we get to the sellers, I gotta take a couple of comments because they're fucking hysterical. Kyle asking, uh, can the Sharks put Nabby in net? <laughs> I mean, they could if Nabby wanted to. But. More clutching to the past. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kevin pointing out, only uh, only game close to a sellout the remainder of the season is when Marlowe is signed for his farewell game on Fan Appreciation Night. Now, More I would, clutching of the past. I, I would almost agree with you, but who are the Sharks playing on Fan Appreciation Night? Chicago. Chicago. And who... Used to who's part of the Sharks now that used to play for Chicago and was recently inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Don't think know. that they're going to cl- crowd Marlowe into that for that one. Why are we talking about Marlowe? Because because somebody asked. Okay, here. Why does Jerk not have a webcam? That's a question. Okay, because he's a question. cheap bastard. Next question. Who makes the biggest splash as a seller? You think as it's going to sell- be the Sharks? No, God, no. Are you kidding me, dude? You, if 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 Hurdle. Dude, the Sharks think they're still in a playoff spot. <laughs> so what couture? That's one guy. But if Hurdle uh, says, no, we're not in a playoff spot, and I would prefer to be. Again, what if Hurdle forces their hand? Whatever the return is, would that not be the biggest part, the, the biggest seller in just based on? It would It would be the biggest. It would be the biggest. Okay, if it's not hurdle. Deal. Okay, if it's not hurdle, who who makes the biggest splash between now and the deadline in the Pacific for selling off something? The Kraken, easily. What, Giordano or something? Back to Calgary? Dude, <laughs> that's what people are saying. People are saying. Oh, many people are saying. Like you have you have so many Seattle has so many pending unrestricted free agents. Callie Yarncroke, Marcus Johansson, Colin Blackwell, Mark Giordano. Like 
those are all, you know, I don't think any of those guys, with the exception of Giordano, I don't think any of those guys are on the same level as Hurdle on his own. But collectively, I think Seattle could could be very shrewd in picking up um, a lot of pieces for their future. All right. Uh, who would you rather have in goal? If it's your choice between two names, you can only pick one for the next three games for the Sharks. Who would you want in goal? Staylock or David Ayers? I don't answer stupid questions. <laughs> you know, we always laugh at this type of shit on Discord, but here he's all fucking serious. <laughs> all right. Uh, Aesthetics broke the news that the NHL is revamping the Stanley Cup logo. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to see a return to unique logos each year, but instead more fucking blandness. I don't get this. So, look, here's the logo we're showing to you on the screen for those of you watching live on YouTube. That's the logo that, you know, don't mind the 2013 on there. That's the logo that we've come to know for the last, what, decade, decade and a half-ish. That's what we all know it as. And evidently, that's going to be changing to whatever the fuck this is. Now, let's be honest. If you look at that, doesn't it kind of look, the outline look a little bit like the Vegas Golden Knights outline of their logo? I, I, I would like to point out, you do you do know it's just going to be the shield with the cup. It's not the whole lanyard, right? Of course. Okay, I just want to, you had me worried. No, 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 <laughs> but just that shield, right? Like, first off, it has the same outline as Vegas. Okay. But to me, like, this is actually more, this is worse. This is more bland than the current one. And when mm -hmm. I, and so when I talk about, like, the blandness or whatever, uh, it's because I think about the NFL. Like, I'm showing you some, some logos from past Super Bowls, and you can right. look at the, the current stretch on the bottom where it's the same fucking thing every season. Just bolt on an extra letter, nothing else changes. Whereas back in the day, every Super Bowl logo was very distinctive and really stood out. And they would try to put a little something in there that had to do with the host city. Now, I get it. It's different because Super Bowl, one game, winner take all, the, the place that it's going to be played at is determined years in advance versus you know not knowing who's going to be in the cup final until the last two teams are, are ready to go, right? So I get that, but still I feel like they they could still do something with the Stanley Cup logo to make it a little more interesting. Maybe you use a, a logo from like, I don't know, 03 or something, the, the circle patch that they had, but you use the two primary colors for, of the teams that are participating in the Cup, you know, to kind of set it off or set it apart from other ones. You know what I mean? But for sure. I, I, I do agree. I think I mean the logo on the bottom that you're showing here, I do I do actually like that logo. I think it's a nice logo, but you compare it to the top row, and you're right. There's no pizzazz. Pizzazz, there's no, no flair, there's no yeah. interest. Yeah, originality. That's a good word to use. There's there's no interesting nothing interesting. <sighs> Jeez. I don't know. Whatever. Um but it, and of course, it goes back to beg the question. Say this, whether this new logo is it or the old one, I, I have a, a question to ask. You know, you go from this logo, that logo, blah, blah, blah. But my question being, if there are ads on the jerseys, where does the cup patch go? 
or do the ads disappear during the playoffs? The ads probably the <laughs> and, ads and, probably and... Disappear, disappear only because think about the NHL. Like think about the Stanley Cup final. The NHL takes over the advertising on the boards and the ice anyway. All right. But which but if you think about it, it is kind of funny. It's like, yes, let's take away the advertisement when the most amount of people are watching the game. <laughs> I love it. All right, so uh, at this point, we're going to throw – we are going to get to uh, Doug – Doug, Jesus Christ. We're going to get to Bob Bugner into a second, but it's time to talk about a giveaway. Uh, with 26 games as of now, when we talk again, uh, we're going to be catching you up on just two games, both against the LA Kings or what Jerk likes to refer to as a home and home. Yes? Correct. Okay. So here's the giveaway details, people. Uh, I had to uh, I had to try to find something, uh, a question, some some way to say, look, I got to find something that's not easily uh, googled, right? So here's what it is. I have two of these jerseys. We're gonna give away one tonight. Probably gonna do one more next weekend. Uh, for the next puck knowledgeist. Again, as always, hit the subscribe button right now if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're on. But here's the question. Do me a favor, please, and listen to the things that I'm about to say if you want to win the jersey because it counts. All right? First off, in order to enter, you have to enter on Twitter and DM... At Pucknologist. Don't put it in out in public because we don't want people copying copying your work. So DM at Pucknologists on Twitter. The DM is open. And I'm doing it on Pucknologist because we all have access to the Teal Town account. And I don't want to inundate everybody with notifications of DMs. So at Pucknologist. All right. Here we go. We're not including player-specific tracks. Like when Nason was, when he would score, they'd play Akuna Matata. Or when Hurdle would score, they'd play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're not including player-specific tracks. There have been four, in the history of the Sharks, four primary goal songs. What are the titles and the names of the artists? And spelling counts. Dude. I'm going over to Twitter and I'm answering this right now. Spelling counts. All right. The the title of the song and the artist. Spelling counts. If you get the if you if you give give me the proper name of one of the artists but you misspell it, you, you you're out. All right. So again, I wanted to make this somewhat difficult like you had to know but it wasn't something you could just go to a Wikipedia page or Google and get the information super duper quick. This is this is going to prove separate some fans from others. Your level of fandom, okay? So that's how you can win a shark jersey. And if we have multiple, it, it's really going to be funny if like no one fucking gets it right. <laughs> yeah, I guess at that point I'll have to like take the one that got closest. But. Uh, if there's multiple entries, we'll put them all in a bowl or a randomizer next week, and we'll announce it next Sunday on uh, show 155 of the Pucknologist. So make sure if you're interested in get one of these, if you enter, you want to find out, 
check us out on the next show. And so with that, uh, let's start to uh, wrap it up because we have to get to the Bob, Bob Bugner stuff. Um, Jerk, your Canucks are doing a little bit better. They're slowly climbing, dude. Two-game win streak, record of 28, 23, and 6. Or 62 points. They've climbed from 7th to 5th. In the it, shit, at one point weren't they like bottom? They were like underneath Seattle at one point, like it was going bad. Yeah, I was looking. It was looking critical, and uh, you know they they've they've been able to turn it around. They're not uh, obviously in a playoff spot, um, but you know they have they have like I said they have turned it around. They're getting ready to pass the Sharks, I would think, if they haven't. Oh no, they've already passed the Sharks, so even better. Yeah, dude, and. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> someone's got to be seventh. <laughs> I would say by week, by next week, when we record next Sunday on uh, March the thirteenth, I think Vancouver is going to be ahead of Anaheim. I would agree. I'd be interested in seeing uh, how many times Anaheim and Vancouver see each other if they have any more games. Because, like I said, Anaheim only has six left in the division, but it did seem like Vancouver had a decent amount of divisional games left. But we'll see what happens, uh, dude. My Kings. 69 points, my brother. Second in the division. They're only four points out from Calgary, man. And they're and they're running shit. Like they're putting some good shit together. And fa- and but the one thing I, I believe I noticed about LA, don't I think they have a better record away from the crypt. So if they can <laughs> get uh get some some I don't know, a little little uh little roadie going. We'll we'll see what happens. But uh I don't know. It's going to be, dude, only seven points between the our dark horses. It's going to be fun to, you know, when the Sharks are officially out, this is the one thing that you and I can hang on to. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no kidding. It's like the one thing is, oh, I got it. <laughs> uh, the Ian bet, if I remember correctly, Martin Jones has started his, gotten his 20th start. Is that correct? Uh, let I, me double check that. I for want you. I want to say yesterday, uh, there was I believe it was a four three win, but yep. he's actually had twenty one starts. Oh shit! Okay, so the the twenty start threshold has been met, but what is his save percentage as uh, of right now? Apologies, twenty one games played, twenty starts. You are correct. Yes. Uh, seven ten and three. 349 goals against average, 897 save percentage. 897. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you pull up Martin Jones's save percentage the previous three seasons to this one? Yeah, it's uh, 896, 896, and uh, 896. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. So Model uh, of consistency. Ma- Dude, so much consistency. Uh, so let's... Uh, uh, that's so not fair. What'd you do? Copy it from the from the the show notes, you asshole. <laughs> are they in the Are they in the show notes at the very bottom? <laughs> oh, I had no idea. I just know the answer. All right. So, uh, first show of each month, we always uh, cover the kids. This is going to go by real fucking fast. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Barracuda, worst team in the AHL. They did win tonight. Good for them. I believe uh, four to two or something like that. Nick Merkley scored a couple, but they're seventeen twenty eight. John and- Leonard had a hat trick. Oh shit. I didn't know that. I, th- I saw that he'd scored twice. I didn't. S- oh, so they must have won like six to two then or something. Call up Leonard hashtag. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but goals, it's still uh, still believe it's Reedy. Nick Merkley with 20 assists. Nick Merkley and Blickfeld are tied for 31 points on the team. Uh, Melnichuk still sucks ass, 862 with a 396 goals against. Why do they <laughs> suck? Because they do. Uh, the prospects, same ones. Uh, we got three. At least the prospects are playing well. Yeah. So you got Brandon Coe with uh, 81 points in 49 games. Tristan Robbins with 67 points in 50 games. Daniil Gushkin, 55 points in 37 games. Uh, Gannon LaRock, well, look, he's a defenseman, so that's why he's dragging ass and not better than a point per game with 46 and 53. And then you've got Ozzy Weisblatt. Talk about the picture of consistency. 40 points in 40 games. All right, so let's get to the Bob Bugner shit here, and this is what I wanted to uh, start with because it's time for our Tweet of the Week, and it's a good one, people. This was sent in by a person, uh, I think goes by the name, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Hockey Jerk. Oh my God. Uh, This is what came in from Brian Witt. Now, let me tell y'all, Brian Witt used to work for NBCSN Bay Area. And on, as far as I know, like he mostly wrote about the Giants and the in the Warriors, like that was his bread and butter. But every once in a while, he would draw uh, draw the short straw for who had to write the Sharks article that day. And man, when he did, watch the fuck out because they would be bad. <laughs> but this is what he tweets out: I lose followers whenever I tweet about the Sharks. <laughs> but it must be said, Bob Bugner's got to go now. Two things. First off, I lose followers whenever I tweet about the Sharks. Then don't tweet about the Sharks. You know, if that's important to you. As a doctor, it hurts when I do this. Don't do that. <laughs> but Bob Bugner's got to go. So let me ask this. Uh, first off, it's pretty fucking sad that a, a journalist is throwing out hot takes. But, you know, that's that's generally how NBCSN rolls. Uh, explain this to me, though. And, and this is not me trying to be sarcastic. This is me generally wanting an explanation. Explain to me, how is it Bob Bugner's fault that both the goalies and half the defense is on the injured reserve list? Uh, the team lost their top score from last season. You have four fourth liners playing third line uh, the, because the team has no depth. Explain to me, how the hell is any of that Bob Bugner's fault? Um, well, those things aren't Bob Bugner's fault, but what Bob Bugner's fault is um, is using players in the correct position in Deployment. order to in order to mitigate those issues. I know words as well as <laughs> you know giving young players a chance to do anything. I mean, you how many year how many how many days has it been talked about this year? Oh, the Sharks have so many young players and rookies getting called up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look, you know, now Weatherby has had a decent season, but he's gone he's gotten the shaft quite a bit. This year, we've talked at length about Jonathan Dolan. You look at what happened with William Eklund, you know, getting like. But that's not on Bob. It is on Bob. Eklund? Yes, it's I, not. Okay, it's I not think Bob's Eklund fault. was getting it's sent back either way. It's not Bob's fault that Eklund only had four assists. It is Bob's fault that Eklund got scratched despite the fact that he was, you know, playing well. It is Bob's fault that okay. Eklund was not used the way he should have been. And even then, players that have made positive <laughs> impressions. Puck guy, right? puck guy calling it out. He says, yeah, it's Bob's fault that Lane Peterson's on the second power play unit. Absolutely. That That's I'll give you. Day and night, I will give you that. And to be fair, if memory serves, I think Lane Peterson scored tonight for the Barracuda. 
<laughs> like the you, first goal. Hi, Majuel. But you look at what you look at what happened, right? Nick Merkley came in and played well. Ah, no, we need Lane Peterson. <laughs> nah, Same, fuck it, keep him humble. You know, Reedy played well, but you know, not better than Peterson, evidently. Same with Raska. Um, well, we've seen guys like Reedy and Weatherby or Nick Merkley. There's been a few different cats that have gotten a shot. I mean, if Leonard yeah, gotten gotten a shot, but why is Lane Peterson? Why does Lane Peterson get to do nothing and stick around for so long? Well, not only that, do nothing, stick around for so long, be on the power play unit. Meanwhile, Balsers is sitting on the fucking bench. That's what I'm saying. And um, the big one being Ryan Merkley. Like, with Eric Carlson injured, Ryan Merkley should be your PP2 guy. Yeah. Like, how why are, are you, you fucking are you scratching flip- him? Yeah. Why are you flip flopping him with Shimmick? What is that? Yeah. That makes no sense. So, that I'll give you. I completely agree with what you're saying. Uh, Denver is saying that. Uh, because of all the excuses Bugner gives and how he treats rookies while ignoring veterans' constant mistakes. That is true. I don't think I, – I, and, and I've been saying it on Twitter the last little while. I don't think Brent Burns needs to be healthy scratched, but I would like players like Burns and Vlasic to be held to some kind of standard. Like, if you ask me, those two players in particular are hardcore resting on their laurels. Mm-hmm. I would agree they, with that. They are living off of their clout. But, well, but Burns they're good won in the a room, Norris dude. Trophy they're five good, years they're, ago. They're good in the room, though, bro. Right. Apparently. <laughs> That's all that matters, right? Dude, yeah, did did uh, did Doug Wilson waste a, uh, a fourth on Lane Peterson? Yes. Dude, how is that not a kick in the balls? And, he wasted a fourth on this guy, and, dude, he's so bad that you fucking waved him. And nobody took him, and you wasted a fourth on that. And, like and I you see that—that's some mis-asset mis- mismanagement. And here's the thing: I think you look at what Lane Peterson did in the WHL. You look at what he did in the AHL. He's obviously a good player at those levels. And so I think, okay, the Sharks think maybe this guy is poised for a breakout. I don't hate them taking a chance on him. I just don't understand giving up a draft pick for somebody who had only done well in the AHL. Like, I almost wonder, do you see if he plays in the NHL this year for the Coyotes and then you take a chance? Do you maybe mm. try and make him part of the hill Kojanash deal? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, jeez. All right, so, I mean, you're talking me into it. You know, it's like, I said it early on. We we mentioned this before that I for all the dumping on Bob, I sat there and said, look uh, – I I love dumping on people just as much as the next person, but I thought Bugner should get some credit for kind of getting the penalty kill is good. Well, penalty and it has been. It was good last year too. It was the only thing that was good last year. That's what I'm saying. That's what Bob. And but that's that's the thing. Even when Bob <laughs> Let's was go, a, fetch me a real head coach and just put Bob in charge of the uh, PK, that, then we'll be fine. Well, that, but that's a, that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is when Bob got hired back in 2016, you know, it was oh, Bob handles the PK and the defenseman, and those were solid that year. Absolutely. So maybe that's maybe that's just what needs to be happening. Uh, but look, I I thought Bugner should have given <laughs> should have been given some credit for kind of bringing the team a little bit uh, together. We've seen way more fight out of them this season. How many times last season with Jones? And I mean, they got down one goal. 
you might see them try to claw back a little bit. Once they get down by two, it's like, oh, fuck, fetch me white, my white flag so I can wave it. Mm-hmm. But this year, they've had some fight, but over the last, I don't know, si- dude, since the All-Star break, like there, yeah. there's some guys that I, what, are they still think they're in Cancun or something? Like, is it time to uh, look at this? If Leonard's getting a, um, a hat trick, you got Blickfeld doing doing some cool shit like maybe this is the opportunity where you sit there and go hey you know what we got this group of fourth liners right that fucking the o line mm-hmm. let them play fourth line minutes and let's put together a group you know we got leonard uh blickfeld and who do you who do you throw it at center then maybe you put benino there yeah that, i'd be fine with that and then let let weatherby down there with like cogliano and vl or something or whoever the, the knuckle dragger is Nieto. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, Nieto. I mean, because that's the thing. People are going to say, well, Leonard's not ready. Blickfeld's not ready. And it's like the Sharks are not making the playoffs this year. They are a bad team. Yeah. And, we, dude, we said this last year. We said this two years ago. We're going to say it this year. If you're a bad, a bad team and you have no chances or hopes of going to the playoffs, you need to see what you have in certain players. I know mm-hmm. – our colleague Ian Reed has said, I like Blickfeld, but I'm worried that he's reaching the point where it's like, yeah, you don't have it, and we're going to cut ties with you. Mm-hmm. Blickfeld has has played eight NHL games since he's turned pro in North America. Isn't And isn't he the one who got like suspended for daring to breathe near McKinnon or something? Yeah. I would like to – and not only that, Blickfeld hasn't even played this year. Like, Yeah. I want to see, and again, that's not to say, I'm not saying that Blickfeld and Leonard are the, are the solutions here, but bring them up. Like, you tried Raska, you tried Reedy, and that's fine. They had a good showing, but that's it. Try somebody else. But when you're, oh, well, you know, uh, V, like, and I I talked about it last week. I liked I liked Gadjevich's week last week. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand claiming him off of waivers. Uh, uh, agreed. You know, I think you have VL. I like VL. VL does a certain thing, and that's great. But <laughs> well, it's like getting to, Eric Carlson. It's like, what do you need him for? You already have Burns. Especially <laughs> with, you know, Dolan is hurt. Dzingel is getting the jam job, right? Balsers has been kind of streaky. It's especially those things. And if you're going to lose Barabanov potentially, try Blickfeld and Leonard. What do you have to lose, dude? Shemilevsky or Shmilevsky, whatever. But you put, even he's had a good year, dude. That's what I'm saying. You throw out Sasha in between Blickfeld <laughs> and Leonard. Halbgawax has had a good year. Nick Merkley's had a good year. Yeah, I don't think Halbgawax is ever going to get a good look. And I and I thought even he did fine was when he was up here for the for the COVID Express. Yeah, dude, he was buzzing those two games with Hurdle and Meyer. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, okay, so yeah, you're you're talking me more more into it. Like, yeah, maybe that's I'm, the thing. Might have the to sh- be on the fire jam job, Bob, at this point. The, but here's the thing: the the Sharks, they're not going to the playoffs. Like, really, it, what? You're, but here's the thing: you have <laughs> nothing to play for except seeing what you have in your young players. Yeah, but and Bugner only has, if if memory serves, he only has one year left on his contract after this. Yeah, so next, next year, yeah, yeah. So it's buying it out, or you know, no, no, it's not going to cost you a whole lot because you're, you know, you're just paying for one more year. And then I, I, I guess we can, what, uh, do an, we can see an interview with Doug Wilson saying, uh, here's another head coach that we talked to before we decided on Bugner. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing. I know people, and, and I mentioned it earlier, but 
you know, people have said, oh, the Sharks are bad anyway. Who cares if you have a bad coach? But it's like you want a coach that's going to get young players in in there. How many years, AJ, how many years have you been hearing me say the Sharks need a head coach that's never coached in the NHL before? Oh, tons. Especially you have so many young players. Like I know, Marco you know, Marco Sturm. Yeah, Marco Sturm was a good choice. I would, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm quite particular to David Quinn. I'll be totally honest with you. I'm... I know he kind of got the shaft, you know, leaving the Rangers, but I like David Quinn. I like him as a guy who can bring along young players. I mean. You know, everybody is in love with the Rangers this year, right? Oh, man, Rangers are so good. Look at Chris Drury. Look at Gerard Gallant. But, uh, you know, the previous GM and the previous coach, their fingerprints are on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hit up Lacey's comment. Uh, does firing Bugner help the Sharks this season? No, of course not. Nothing it, helps it doesn't the help Sharks. Them in the, it doesn't help them in the standings, but it helps them get younger players in the lineup to see what you have in them. Okay, fair point. So what are we talking? It's another situation just like DeBoer a couple years ago where it's like, hey, Ricci, uh, you want to be lead the team for 25 games? Just just make sure you play the youth. I mean, that's the th- yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's, especially- and I swear to God, dude, if they fucking bring over Roy Sommer, I'm gonna, my head's going to explode. Well, dude, don't you know he's the he's – the- Development fucking dynamo, you know. He, he's the straw that stirs the. He's drink. the reason that you love Pavelski so much, don't you know? <laughs> My man, Jesus. <laughs> okay, dude. We let fuck it. We let the fan. I like. I like where uh, fanatical teal bleeder is is going. We just let fans brawl it out WWE style, no holds Hell barred. Yeah. Last man standing gets to coach the Sharks that night. Dude, I'd love to coach the Sharks, even for a game. That's all I'm saying. I don't think I would do better than Bob Bugner, but I would like an honest chance. I, th- I think that's all what we all want, right? It's just an honest chance. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, uh, yeah, any, Kyle uh, Hipwell, new new name, Kyle Hipwell in the chat, shout out, um, saying, "What about Dave Tippett?" I like. I think Dave Tippett's a good coach, but he's a veteran coach. He's not going to play the young guys. Oh uh, yeah, another guy from the uh, from the that's <laughs> the, what... the the old guys club. People, people have been saying since, many, many people since David, since Dave Tipp, and again, I like Dave Tippett as a coach, but since Tippett has gotten fired and they replaced him with Jay Woodcroft, Evan Bouchard, who's a y- good young defenseman, has been playing incredibly well. Hmm. So, and again, I like Dave Tippett, but he's not a coach who's going to play the young guys. Gotcha. Who who took over for Woodcroft? Who for for the AHL squad? You know I don't know. I'm not too sure to be totally honest with you. I I just assume that they shifted somebody. You know because he brought because he brought his assistant coach up with him. Yeah, so that's why I was kind of like and Kevin Lacey backing me up. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Dave Divot hates young players. Oh boy! All right. Uh, for everybody that uh, watched and hung out with us tonight, we thank you so much for doing that. This is the last call for final questions. AMA, baby. Any anything you want to ask right now, sharks related, personal, whatever. I, I'm not saying we're going to answer all of them. I'm just saying if you want to get a question in, now's the time to do it. You can follow him at hockey underscore jerk on the social. You can follow me at aj underscore strong. Remember to leave your take in the comment section of this video. 
if you weren't able to join us live. If you were able to join us live and you thought, hey, you know what? I forgot to say something in the chat. Boom. Add that below on the comment of this YouTube video. Remember to subscribe to us if you listen to us on an audio platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever. Follow us on our social media channels. You can find everything at Teal Town USA. And again, if you ever want to throw anything on our tip jar, we would certainly appreciate it, which you can find on Venmo at Teal Town USA, just like everything else, baby. Not required. Not saying that you have to. I'm just saying it's there. That's all. I'm just. It's like saying the sky is blue. Just like mask mandates, it is recommended. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So here we go. Last looks at the chat before we get the fuck out of here. How can the Sharks fix their coaching situation? Well, they can get a new coach. I mean, that seems pretty obvious to me, right? That's how I look at it. Seems fine. Uh, Whoever their remaining assistant coach was and John Anderson became the new Bakersfield head assistant coach. Well, there you go. Colin... (laughs) Please tell me that that's pronounced cock and not chalk because it's just funnier. But evidently that person is the Condor's interim head coach. So can we get a pronunciation guide on that last name? I would appreciate that. That's a Kevin question. Oh, of, oh, of course. King of pronunciations right there. Cheering. Ramon saying cheering for the Yotes now. They know how to properly run a dumpster fire of a team. How many straight like top picks does Arizona need to get for anything to change there? I don't know, man. I mean, they're. I mean, pull up cap. You pull up cap friendly, right? You look at what they're working with, dude. They've got three firsts man. and five seconds this year. No, are they going to trade all of that away for you know <laughs> some player on his last legs? Well, so ah, oh, it's chalk. God damn it! Here's the here's the thing: is the Arizona Coyotes there? I mean, obviously, you look at the roster that they wheeled out there this year with all those draft picks. You're probably it, it probably makes sense for for them to draft with all of them and and uh, kind of do that slow maturation together with all their prospects. I know words. But this is how I think about it, right? And you look at and I'm going to say it again, three first-round picks, five second-round picks. Oh, do you not – look, do you not – They're like, going to figure out a way to Arizona, this dude, and fuck it all what, up. What I'm saying is I know, like, people love – people love draft picks, and they love prospects. But I feel like if I'm Arizona – I'm going to read the terrain on the restricted free agent situation this summer. And if, if, if somebody can't come to terms with their team, I might toss one of those draft picks out there. I mean, you know, it, it depends on how Arizona wants to attack this, right? If they want to do the slow maturation, then yeah, draft with all your picks. But like, if you want to kind of get back to some level of competitive this sooner rather than later, Maybe try, see if you can snipe a couple young players who are already NHL established. Mm-hmm. Man, that would that would be interesting. And and the thing is, that's three firsts and five seconds right now. They're yeah. they're not getting anything. They're going to get. They're probably going to get a second 
for Phil Kessel at the trade deadline. He's, Do you think they'll get that much for him? I think so. Dude, 34 points in 55 games on a crappy team. Solid. Solid. They're going to get a pick for Phil Kessel. They don't really have anything else interesting on the forward front, but you know, on defense, Anton Strallman is not what he was, but he's still a decent defenseman. I think they could get a third or a fourth round pick for him. Jacob Chikrin is kind of the big kahuna. You know, the word on the street is two first round picks and an A prospect. Hey now. So well, would that be the the same that you would look for for Hurdle? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like we it's like we always say. You say. You know, we've said all the time, people talk about how much stuff costs, you know, salary cap, assets, draft picks, whatever. If you want to play, you got to pay. Uh, with the available head coaches looking for work, uh, what makes the most sense for the Sharks to replace Bugner with next season? Um, I think you got to wait until he's available. Yeah, I think you got to wait until the offseason and find out who gets moved, who doesn't. There's. There could be some other moves that we're just not even aware of at this point. But look, that that off season, at least for the Sharks, is going to be here before you know it. <laughs> that that little E is going to be next to their name in the standings, mofo. It, it, it's it's going to be very interesting because, I mean, we we've talked about it before. The way the Sharks are built, mm, Lacey with a comment. You know, he that's correct and and so Chikrin probably will get more but to say to say that hurdle and I'm not saying Kevin is saying this but to say that hurdle is worthless because he's a pending UFA it's a fool's game yeah like hurdle I think will still get a pretty penny not a Chikrin return but still a pretty penny return um you know with the way the sharks are built with their long-term contracts and everything like that we've talked about this before they have to at least try every year try to be a good team try to be a playoff team in this offseason, if it's going to be more of the same, you know, if it's going to be the fourth year in a row of we want to see what we have, it's not working. Like, if you want to try, you got to do something a bit crazy. Maybe that's trading Burns. Maybe that's trading Couture. Maybe that's kind of pushing all your chips in the table for a big unrestricted free agent. But you got to do something because the current formula is not working. Dude. Dude, dude, dude. And we don't know what is going on with Doug Wilson medically, right? We we just don't know. There's been no information given. What if, and this is all we can ask is, you know, it's all we can do is just, I don't want to say speculate, but just ask the question, what if it, whatever's Doug is dealing with, he they make the choice, you know, talking with his wife, his family, he makes the choice, you know what? Uh, I need to step away from being a general manager. I need to resign uh, because I want to. I need to focus on my health and, and you know the the stress of being a general manager in the NHL doesn't work for me anymore. So I'm a bounce. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, a lot of times when you hire a new GM, one of the first things they want to do is they kind of want to put their stamp on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder who you'd uh, who the next GM could potentially be and what their decision would be. Like, okay, so would there be nepotism? Would they say, hey, you know what, Junior, you've done such a great job drafting over the last couple of years. Well, why don't you try GMing? That might be cool. No, I'd keep them over there. Uh, oh, I absolutely <laughs> would. But it just makes you wonder hmm, 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 who who the uh, next one could be. 
that being said, you know, uh, uh, best wishes for Doug Wilson and hope he has a speedy recovery for whatever is ailing him. Although I think Speedy left about a month ago, but remains to be seen. Again, I'm kind of circling April 24th on, or I'm sorry, April 23rd on my calendar. If Doug makes uh, an appearance at the Blackhawks game, then I think we're kind of going. All right. Well, it's good. He's come out. He's made an appearance, and and hopefully that's a, a something a sign of something positive. If he does not make an appearance at that game, then I think maybe it's time to start to get a little little worried. Yeah, you're probably right. So, uh, with that, uh, again, remember to subscribe to us on the YouTube channel here. Tell a friend if you can. We'd appreciate that. Or hey, better yet, open up like ten burner accounts and subscribe with all of them. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do during uh, once the Sharks are eliminated, right? you got to come up with something. Uh, so follow us on social media. If you listen to the podcast on something like a Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever, help us out. Subscribe on that platform. Leave us a review. We would certainly appreciate that. You can find links to our social media podcast applications and more in the description below on the platform you're listening to us now. So find everything on Teal Town USA. You can remember to check out After Dark post game after every single sharks game which means upcoming thursday and saturday home and home against la that's our show we thank you very much for watching and or listening remember at pucknologists for your entries for the shark jersey uh, contest we will announce the winner on next week's show which will be episode 155 and with that we thank you very much for joining us I'm your host, AJ Strong, and we got our man in Amsterdam, (laughs) the hockey jerk. (laughs) Have a great night, everybody. Good night.